0: Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears.
1: Here we go. Hello, Jade. How are you today? Fabulous, Soph. How are you? You are actually, like, glowing today, and I feel like you're on a really... Just like cloud nine today. That is, What's your secret? That
0: is the nicest thing I've ever heard from you. Yeah, probably. <laughs> doesn't take much.
1: Um, I could say you don't look like shit. a flaming pile of dog shit and it would
0: probably be the nicest <laughs> thing I've ever said to you. Well, speaking of dog shit, I actually did wake up today with dog shit in my bed. My 12-year-old blind and deaf pug decided to sadly just shit all over the bed and I was dry reaching like I didn't even open my eyes before that I could yeah it was not okay but I, I was just wiping it up and dry reaching at the same time and then I had to head on out but I feel have you changed your sheets <laughs> no, I just left them there now they're in the bush at the moment. I feel good. I feel really, really good and I appreciate you saying that to me because usually I am always deflecting a compliment and I'm learning to be a little bit more positive and a little bit more accepting of, I guess, compliments and being kind to myself. So it's a journey that I'm sure I'll take you all on as well because I'm going through it, but so far so good. And we're just
1: joking, right? I am not actually normally mean to you. No, she's usually really, really lovely. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nah, you. I know I'm harsh on air, but off air, I think I'm nice to you, you're right? beautiful. Okay, good. Okay. Now, we've made a decision. We're getting back into highs and lows at the start of each episode because mm. I'm not quite sure why, but you're all obsessed with us. <laughs> No, you want us to talk about you know things that are going on in our lives, things that we recommend, all of that type of thing. So we're bringing back highs and lows. So
0: no, no, no. Let me start. Okay, Sophie, please tell me about your highs and your lows. Thank you very much. So glad you're interested.
1: Let's start with the highs. Okay. My high. I know what it is. I know. This morning, literally like two hours ago, I became the auntie of another beautiful niece. My husband, Nick, his sister, and her husband, Kenny, had a beautiful baby girl called Grace Gloria, and she... Yeah, I'm hoping to go down to Melbourne in two weeks so I'll still be able to meet her when she's super fresh. But, yeah, they didn't know what gender they were having. So that brings the tally of girls in our family up to a lot. My brother has got a girl. We have two girls. She has two girls. So we're just surrounded by Virginie. So is my
0: family. Like my whole entire family has girls like Girls, 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 girls. Who run the
1: world. Girls. And so far mum's doing great. So, Congratulations, Auntie Sophie. Your week can't get much better than that, really. Low of the week. I'm going to be honest. I'm having a really good week. Oh, we had a few lows. We did. Look, we've had some stressful times with, you know, like just like work stuff, but it's all the
0: outcome has been – fine in the end so I feel like they're all learning curves I think and as stressful as they are at the time we can look back on them and go actually that was a really good lesson and it's actually going to do us well in the future so we move forward and we accept it and we sometimes it's just hard to take at the time but like
1: Jade and I are both Neither of us are high tech at all. So, like, you know, we're learning stuff as I'm we a go. But- yeah, right. No. With the podcast trying to make it like, you know, even better for you guys to listen to. And yet uh, there's been some learning curves as we've gone. But yeah, it's just because we're striving to make this platform better and better
0: every week. So no, I, I tried to so- I tried to mute Sophie's voice for like the whole program, but like <laughs> apparently that is not what you guys want. So we've unmuted her and here she is today. Stop acting like you. <laughs> You edit
1: any of it or I'll start telling the story of the one time you tried to edit. <laughs> shh, shh.
0: We're not talking about the past. We're moving forward. <laughs>
1: Jade, highs and lows of this week.
0: All right. Well, my high has to be that the borders are opening up from melbourne or oh, victoria I, I know you i can thought say you were gonna it for say me. it sorry yes. you got trumped by a new niece you yeah. got trumped that's very timely <laughs> because he's out now but that's also a high of the week <laughs> that's a massive high but my other high is my grandparents who i have not seen all year are coming up for christmas they are coming up for a fair few weeks so we can spend quality time together and I'm just so, so excited. For anyone that doesn't know, my grandparents are everything to me and I am just over the moon about how excited this quality time is going to be with them and how they can spend time with Yumi and Mia and Billy. And, yeah, it's just a a really exciting, exciting week. I feel like there's a weight lifted off my chest because I, it's like, you know, the literal gate is opening, which is lovely. Yeah, But no one else come up because it's too busy up here. <laughs> yeah. Um, you won't get a park. There's no accommodation available. At all.
1: Yeah, Um, I get literal full body tingles thinking about when I'm reunited with my parents in a couple of weeks. Like I'm just, oh my gosh. See, my parents
0: came up a few weeks ago because they had a agricultural work pass. So they were able to come through and self-quarantine, self-isolate. And we didn't want to put that out in the universe because we felt, you know, sorry and and, and sad for all the other families that haven't been able to have that. Mm. But don't worry, I'll be blasting the shit out of it over Christmas (laughs) all the family time which is great. So much
1: Nan content. Oh
0: Nan you won't get enough of
1: Nan she'll have to have her own app. She listens to every episode so hey Nan how you going? We
0: love you Nan. My low I'm gonna be honest my low is always my mental health. I always struggle with anxiety. I feel like I talk about it all the time. I think about it all the time and it got the best of me uh the last week and it tends to happen when we have stressful situations but as Sophie and I just mentioned we got through those stressful situations and we are out on the other side and we're yeah we're feeling good and we're excited for this episode.
1: And we haven't recorded the two of us for our podcast mm. um, because we're excited that we've launched a, a mini-series with fisher price which we've been recording the past couple of weeks we haven't recorded for our podcast in like a month and no, i've i've it? missed yeah. you know it being on our platform so that's super exciting and yeah it's going can a unleash really, a few
0: f-bombs yeah we
1: can, <laughs> we can be the ma15 plus slash r versions of ourselves yeah. rather than pg but we respect that when it's for a brand exactly. when it's for ourselves no respect <laughs> but we're super super excited about today's episode it's on all things formula feeding and bottle feeding and but we have feeding. decided and mixed feeding which we've both done yes. we have decided that I think that we're going to do a whole nother episode on like pumping and bottle feeding because look, we asked our listeners and our followers on Instagram to send in their stories of formula and bottle feeding. And we've come to realize that that's a whole nother discussion in itself. There's so many of you out there who are wanting more information or more support because you were someone who exclusively pumped and bottle fed, and 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 we want to create this, you know, your own space for you. So we think that's gonna be a whole nother discussion in itself. But we're gonna chat formula feeding and mixing feeding today we were blown away by the amount of stories messages emails we got sent in from you guys about formula feeding and to be honest being someone who has somewhat easily been able to breastfeed both my girls my heart broke not because people weren't able to breastfeed as in like like I understand why that's devastating, but I'm also of the opinion that fed is best and your baby will be okay if they're formula fed. But the judgment people felt, the isolation people have felt and the yeah, the lack of support that people have felt has been around them was really, really heartbreaking for me.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And this episode has been created for the mothers out there who struggle to find the support that they need when making the decision to bottle feed their baby. As we all do know, there is an abundance of support encouraging mothers to breastfeed and highlighting that breast is best. But for a lot of mothers, for a lot of reasons, breastfeeding isn't a part of their journey. And we are here today to welcome the unspoken conversation about formula and bottle feeding and share with you an insight of how some everyday mothers feel about bottle feeding in today's society.
1: Yeah, and we're going to read out a few of the stories and talk about some of the common themes before we then chat to Jordana, who's a beautiful mum who reached out to us on Instagram and said like ladies if you want someone to share their formula feeding journey I would be honoured to do that so we're going to be speaking to her in today's episode but before we get started we just wanted to read out some of the yes the stories that you guys sent in and uh, yeah some of the common themes.
0: We've selected a few of them to read out and the other ones haven't gone unnoticed. We will actually be putting them onto our social media. Well,
1: some of them. We got sent hundreds of messages. As which much as we, we can.
0: We're going to just. It was out.
1: overwhelming at times, and, and it almost made me feel guilty that it's taken us you know, I think this is our 52nd episode or something like that, but it's taken us so long to really dedicate time to this topic. And part of me thinks, oh, why haven't we done this earlier? But anyway, you can only do what you can do now. So
0: we've also decided and already created a support group on Beyond the Bump Facebook page, and we will have details about that, that you can go to. It's a completely private, place where anyone that wants to speak to women like-minded women that bottle feed or want a formula feed or having issues or not feeling supported you can meet you can talk to each other create new friendships and bonds and it is a it is a supported place for you guys to be able to express yourselves so yeah there
1: won't be like professionals in there but it'll be other mums that you'll be chatting to and we want anyone to let us know if there's anyone being negative or bullying or anything on there because we really want it to be a protected space because the common thing that we have read over and over again this week is how alone people felt and I want to assure anyone going through this journey that purely from the sheer sheer response we got you are not alone no. you are so not alone so we thought it was important to create this space that you guys can all chat to one another and realize that yeah women of of all different circle circumstances, uh, bottle feeding and formula feeding for, so many different reasons but
0: let's get started let's have a let's have a read of a few of our mums that wrote in about their journeys so far
1: this is a story that a lady has sent in so I had an absolutely horrendous mastitis when breastfeeding my twins six to eight bouts in four months which resulted in a double penicillin injection in my bum because my infection was so debilitating with each round of mastitis during that season I felt like I had To keep feeding. My husband would say, Babe, it's okay. They'll be fine on a bottle, but I couldn't do it. I thought I'd be shamed. But after the penicillin shots, my husband said, That's enough. You are killing yourself trying to do this. I would end up crying every night by 10 p.m. because I had no milk and my babies were hungry. My mental health was suffering, and then I finally stopped. And it was like I could finally see the light at the end of the tunnel. I was happier. My kids were happier because they were full, and it was the best choice I have ever made. And I feel like we heard that story so many times, so many women saying they just wanted to push on because they felt this shame and this guilt. And then the second they made the decision, to switch to formula or to switch to bottle feeding they all of a sudden felt this enormous weight off their shoulder and they could actually enjoy being a parent rather than really disliking it.
0: Another one came in, I had to feed my newborn formula his first week after birth due to him losing over 11% of his body weight. He was already a very small baby at birth and as a result he did not have the strength or reserves to effectively breastfeed in the beginning. I personally I felt like a failure. All I ever wanted was to breastfeed my baby, but instead he was getting weaker and weaker and more tired. After a few days on formula, Cruz got his strength back. I was pumping non-stop to help promote supply. I am now exclusively breastfeeding. Without formula feeding, my son would have been a very sick baby and I may have never been able to breastfeed him. After this experience, I have a newfound respect for formula. It's what enabled me to breastfeed. That is such a a beautiful story. It's like a, a, a switcheroo. You know, Mm -hmm. I started out formula feeding and then I was able to breastfeed. And this is, I actually did this with my children. I really struggled when my milk came in. And what I did was I would tend to formula feed, I'd mix feed. So when I had engorgement, I would either pump or formula feed and it would give my breasts a break and i was able to use both so it was yeah it was a nice mix
1: and i remember you saying a lot with yumi you did some mixed feeding because it was a relief to be able to get your husband to help out with some
0: of the feeds you know purely because you had
1: three children to look after
0: mental health is probably one of the, the biggest things that we 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 saw when all these emails came in you know the uplift of how people felt when they had support or their partner being able to bottle feed so they can tend to work or tend to other children. There are so many positives of, of bottle feeding their child, whether that be breast milk or formula. It is it is fantastic. Mm. I, I, I wanted to read out this
1: one. Maybe this can be our last one, but you know, there's common themes through out all of them, but I didn't know that much about dysphoric milk ejection reflex, did you? No.
0: no. <laughs>
1: no. Sorry, what? Are what? You about? <laughs> so it's, or it's abbreviated to DMER and it is where a lot of women when they breastfeed they feel quite euphoric it makes them feel relaxed and they get a hit of oxytocin but some women it has the opposite effect and they feel quite depressed and down so it was I've got two boys one is nearly four and one is just four months with my first boy Ted I battled through all the fun of fucked nipples nipple shields shit latch too much Milk, not enough milk, etc., etc. But the big thing for me was at the time, I didn't get diagnosed until I'd stopped punishing myself, was that I had dysphoric milk ejection reflex. So, long story short, every time Ted latched or I pumped from day one, I had overwhelming feelings of dysphoria. The best way I can explain it is that. As soon as he latched, it was like Dementors, please tell me you know Harry Potter, entered the room. I wasn't depressed as such and didn't have super dark thoughts, but as soon as I was feeding, it was like all the happiness had gone from my world. Needless to say, it's fucking awful. So I battled through mixed feeding until 12 weeks and then switched to just formula. Best thing I ever did, and within a couple of days, Ted was much more content and full, and I wasn't as much of a basket case. So for. My- Months ago I tried again with Charlie and unfortunately the same thing happened again. From the moment he latched in the recovery room after my C-section, the same thing happened. So I fed him for three days and he had all my colostrum and brought my milk in and then he was mixed fed in bottles for a couple of weeks and then just formula after that. He is the most chilled, happy bub and I am in a much better headspace for not punishing myself this time.
0: Go, girl. That sounds awful. I know, but go, girl. Like think about
1: how difficult breastfeeding can be and then on top of that every time you breastfeed, having like dementers in the room.
0: No, thanks.
1: No, thank you. Right. Another common theme, I'll just bring this up before we move on to chatting to Jordana, is the amount of bottle-feeding mums who have said that people have come up to them and openly made negative comments. That just blows my mind. And often middle-aged men, like what the fuck has it got to do with you, piss off first and foremost. But
0: back in the day they used to formula feed more than they would breastfeed. Like what's what's Joe Blow got to He's do with it? He's probably
1: the first person or. Also, who would judge you if you had your tit out in public as well? Do
0: you know, like, well, you know feeding. what? He's probably the other person that when he was on a motorized vehicle that he stopped and said, "What's your name?" to Billy, and when she said Billy, he was like, "That's a boy's name," and I was like, "Wow, yeah,
1: <laughs> move on, yeah, totally." But yeah, I was really blown away with the amount of people who had, you know, who have had basic strangers or acquaintances being like someone said that someone said to them please tell me you're properly feeding them as well. Wow. And I just couldn't believe it. Anyway, so we're going to get on with chatting to Jordana now and we hope this conversation helps you in some small way if you're going through this or if you are breastfeeding, maybe it helps you understand your friends who are bottle feeding. Hopefully it helps you understand their journey a little bit more. And if you don't have kids yet, hopefully it, makes you never say a negative, never say a negative comment to a bottle feeding or a breastfeeding mum ever again. An opinion is
0: just an opinion. Thank you, Jade. (laughs) All right, let's carry on. Hi Jordana, thank you for joining us on The Potty. Would you mind telling us a little bit about who you are and why you are chatting with us today?
2: Yeah, well, I am a mum of two boys my youngest just turned three and my eldest is five. So mom of boys, lots of craziness, lots of love, but lots of craziness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just crazy all the time. And I am so excited to talk to both of you and to everybody else about bottle feeding today, because it's something that definitely had an emotional impact on me when I was feeding my boys. And I think it's something that just doesn't get talked about a lot. And I think there's a sort of like a bit of shame around it so I just want to remove the blanket of shame or try
1: anyway amazing absolutely and all the stories we've been sent in there has been such an upsetting common thread of shame and guilt and It's just, you just don't need those extra emotions when you're a new mum. There's so much already going on and mum guilt is bad enough as it is, let alone having another thing to feel guilty about. So thank you so much for agreeing to come on. Before we get started, you are not alone because, wow, we have just got so many messages. So there's going to be, you know, just so many women that you are helping through, just even openly
2: discussing this you're like the
0: voice of the bottle fed mother which is absolutely fantastic
2: (laughs) I might have to change my Instagram profile yeah
0: you might you might can you
1: tell us a bit about your journey to being a a mother that bottle feeds their baby what what happened for you after you gave birth to your eldest son to start with
2: so with Cooper I evicted him a week early
0: (laughs) did you choose to
2: Bye. I was like, you just got to go. He was definitely, if we would have let him sort of go naturally, I think he would have gone over in terms of he would have been late. He definitely would have been four kilos. And I was over four kilos. I was two weeks late. And so I said to my obstetrician, I do not want to go through what my mum went through. She's a champ, but I don't want to do it can we fix that and she's like sure we can look at sort of something so i evicted him a week early and you know it's so funny because had beyond on the bump in around i think i would have like twigged a bit earlier about the fact that i definitely my boobs were definitely form over function because i never had that engorge feeling like you both talk about it. and i think back and i go i never I never had that. They were bigger, but I never had that moment. And I think had I sort of tweaked about that, I wouldn't have been so surprised that I didn't have enough milk. So it was only in about 10 days and that was after, I mean, really going through the baby blues and also having an unsettled baby who was clearly not getting enough food was just so heartbreaking in those first 10 days because there's just been so much sort of anticipation of having your baby and then he arrives and you're just like what have I done yeah. and that was the worst worst feeling so i had a lactation consultant come in at i think it was around 10 days and it was, so you know i'd already taken him for one way in and he lost weight and that was also gut wrenching because you don't want your bub to lose weight and they're just like, just keep feeding, just keep feeding. And I was just like, I'm doing this for like 45 minutes, an hour. There's gotta there's gotta be sort of a missing link. And so the lactation consultant came, she's incredible. She's got six kids herself. Wow. I know she's amazing. So she came in with scales, waiting before a feed and then after. And she just she said to me, like she worked out, she's like, he's getting 30 mils. And for a bub who was, he was born at 3.7 kilos. He needed more than that. He needed double that each fee. So I kind of went into it like, you know, my I I was bottle fed from six weeks. And my mom kept saying that to me. And so in the back of my mind, my head's going, you knew this was a possibility. Your mom couldn't do it. You knew this was a possibility. Don't be disappointed. But at the same time, your hormones are like, sucked in brain, I've taken over. So <laughs> well said. I, I'm in charge now. I was really upset when that happened because obviously you just feel like you're not giving enough. And and I also felt bad that I was so upset about how I'd felt about him being at home because he was screaming because he was hungry and the poor thing just wanted food. So I didn't want to try supplements. I just was like I just I just want him to be settled and happy and so I was like okay what's my what are my options and she said look he latches well if it doesn't bother you too much top him up with formula and see how that goes and so that's what I did I kind of just supplemented him that extra 30 mils that he needed at almost every feed except for the overnight feeds and i Hand him to my husband and be like, "You do this." Woo, three eight. You do this. <laughs> yeah, and I just, I, I, I think there was this sort of why bother breastfeeding, but I think I had a timeline in my head that I was like, I just if I could make it to, I don't know why I was like, if I can make it to like six or eight weeks of doing both, I felt like I was like, at least I'm giving him something. Like if I make it to the first sort of vaccinations, it was like it was so silly. It was like what what did what did it matter like he was the formula's fine like there's really nothing wrong this is what breaks my
0: heart about all the stories that are sent in and even my journey with breastfeeding and I did breastfeed all my children but exactly what you're saying there is a timeline in your head when you give birth like when it is hard and you're like oh, how long can I do this for? All right, I'm going to do it for like six weeks. And if I get to six weeks, then I'm going to try and do it a little bit more. And if I can't, well, then you start feeling negative and feeling like you are failing because you're like, I I am being told that I'm supposed to be breastfeeding, yet I I really am struggling with this and so is my baby. And it is literally, I know it's, they say it, fed is best. Fed is best. Formula, feeding, breast feeding as long as you're feeding your baby and you're happy and they're happy that is the way to go but where's the stigma the stigma's everywhere
2: it is and uh, you know there's I my husband when I told him I was doing the podcast he reminded me of when we definitely trialed a few more formulas with Cooper my eldest and we were looking on the websites and he's in finance he likes to know all the information he's very data driven he needs to just know everything so we went on to one of the websites, which one of the formulas he was having at the time. And there were two options when you went in and one was parent and one was practitioner. Now we were honest, we're like, we're parents. Off we go onto the parent portal. And when you got there, there was no information about the formula. It was all about breastfeeding and that's the option. And my husband Okay, well this can't be right because this is the actual formula website. It's different if you, you know, you're going to an organization about breastfeeding. Okay, you'd expect to see breastfeeding, but this is the actual formula. Why, the, why am i not getting my information so we went back and we're like okay let's
1: just be sneaky
2: and pretend we're a practice
1: <laughs> dr jordana for a second
2: well, well my husband's like well my dad's a doctor i was like that's exactly how medical license <laughs> 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 you inherit
0: them <laughs> i've inherited sophie's and now look at me full of wisdom <laughs>
2: it's the best way right that's the only way he needs to go to uni just know someone so we As a practitioner, of course you got all the information that you needed about the formula and all that sort of thing. And I was like, that is so cruel because we're looking at it as if you just made the you already you already made the wrong choice. That was the worst feeling. Is you've chosen the formula and you've been And that was the worst.
0: Because you're in a supermarket and you pick up a formula tin and the first thing you read on the back is, you know, always try breastfeeding first. It's like, well, if I could or wanted to fucking breastfeed, I'd be doing that and not picking up the formula tin. But here I am because I want or need to do this, so... Please don't give me that information that when I am
1: well aware. That was such a common thread in lots of the messages we got. You know, one lady who I can't remember if she chose to or had to formula feed in hospital and the midwife, you know, and not ragging on midwives at all but handed her, like obviously had to policy, handed her basically over a consent form type thing and she said she has never felt like such a failure in all her life because it was almost like she was like signing a way that yes I know this is what I'm doing my child and she just said if she wasn't feeling guilty enough like there you go
2: that happened to one of the girls in my mother's group so I had it split in my mother's group which was just four of them we were all bottle feeding and so I definitely felt lighter when I went to mother's group as opposed to my friend I was the only one who was bottle feeding so one of the mums in my mother's group decided literally from birth Wanted to bottle feed. And she was telling me how she also had to sign this document every time they wanted formula. I was horrified. I was like, it's as if it's this like illicit drug that you're trying to get from the hospital. And it's like, I'm just trying to feed the baby. Like, would you just, pre-? like, it would just almost like instead of it being, as you said, like, fed is best, it was like, breastfeeding is right formula feeding is wrong and i'm like no that should it shouldn't feel like that because the wrong part is an unfair baby and a stressed mum like that's the wrong part totally. totally
0: and what about an unhealthy or unwell mum mentally physically or having some sort of eating disorder or something like that and they've decided to formula feed you know, you've got to say even I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say that there are many drug addicts that have children and there's there's drugs in their system. Formula is a better option. It is a much better option. Like, that's all I have to say.
1: Yeah. And I had, I had a friend who she had a shocking experience breastfeeding her first child and she's very, almost sounds like how your husband is like, likes to know the exact amount that her baby was getting. So when she chose to go to formula, she felt this massive weight off her chest. Cause she goes, you know what? I know how much my baby is getting. And so she made a decision when she was having her second, she's like, I have no interest in breastfeeding. I don't want to breastfeed. I know I'm going to bottle feed. It was just, it worked for me. And I said. that's fantastic and she goes but you know what i'm just gonna breastfeed in the hospital and i said Mm -hmm. well are you doing that because you want to give it a go and maybe you'll like it this time because maybe your next baby will take to it easily and she goes no i just don't want to have to explain to anyone in there that i'm going to use formula and i said well what's the point of you going through having your milk come in you know all of that you know maybe you could learn something off someone in there and and look she ended up going with that and she ended up not trying at all and she took the medication you take to avoid having your milk come in and she said at the end of the day everyone actually in there was so kind but I said what a horrible thing to know exactly the choice that you want to make but you're gonna waver on that for a few days in a like health facility because you're worried about the judgment you're going to get in there.
2: Yeah. And I think I definitely saw a difference. So obviously there was like two, just over two years between Cooper and Mason. And I still definitely, and even my husband was a little bit traumatized by how the midwives and the whole hospital system. And then after, when you go and have them wait every week, it was all about breastfeeding. It was just this, like, that's the only option. And the formula was like this black market thing. And I'm like, but you can Market is clearly not black. Like you know, we're not doing anything dodgy here. But it just what it felt like. There definitely was a bit of a shift two years later. I think I don't know. Maybe just the midwives were a bit young. I I know that's very sort of ages to say. But I'm. I think maybe that was part of it. Was that they were a bit younger and they were like, no, it's not this. Just like suck it up and breastfeed. Like that's what you're supposed to be able to do. Even though I did try. You know, I thought I'm going to go into it the same. Process with Mason as I did Cooper and try it, but there definitely was this, and maybe as a second time mum, I don't know. Maybe I was more of aware of it, so I just put it to the side. But I hope that sort of the newer midwives coming into the system can sort of make it, you know, a mum's choice rather than a right and wrong choice.
1: Yeah, totally. And I think I think there is something to be said about being a second time mum, and I think you've kind of learnt to be. I mean, this is very generalised, but learnt to be kind of like an advocate for your family, and I feel like you're probably a bit more sure of yourself as a mother. But I think it, it's hard. Like with time, I feel like I, I feel like there's all these amazing campaigns for breastfeeding awareness, and like you know, don't shame people for breastfeeding in public, and I think that's fantastic. Like I think that. You know, when I breastfeed in public, I don't feel embarrassed at all. But maybe if I did that, you know, however many years ago, it would have been a bit like, oh, put your boob away. But it's like those awareness campaigns can't be to then the detriment of someone who's doing something different. Like I do think there's way more shame out there for bottle feeding in public rather than breastfeeding in public. So why aren't we seeing all all these, you know, uplifting messages for bottle feeding women?
0: I think it also comes down to location because in Melbourne Mm -hmm. it's very much if you bottle feed out in public, cool. If you whip your tit out, like I came down from, Byron and was breastfeeding people were like uh what are you doing and mum was like oh do you want to just have like a blanket over your shoulder I'm like no. Yeah like in Byron I just have my tit out of my bra when I'm not breastfeeding. So so in Byron it is the opposite it's breast is out everywhere even if you're not breastfeeding the (laughs) breast is out but you know you can breastfeed literally anywhere and not feel any shame and then you can go up to the Gold Coast and it's once again, completely the opposite, where you feel like, oh, I should cover myself up. So it, it, there is so many different areas that. Make these decisions whether breastfeeding is you know a good choice or bottle feeding is more appropriate when out. I just it's it's confusing. I can understand like there's already so much pressure as a new mum or a mum in general just trying to keep their children alive, let alone work out when people are going to feel okay with them breastfeeding and bottle feeding and formula feeding. it's it's just it's it's so much to take on.
2: It's exhausting and, you know, the thing is I look back and I think so in my friend group there were seven of us and this isn't against them and I don't want them hearing this thinking that I felt like you were shaming me but I felt that because we're sitting around in a circle. As you do, you go to the park and you sit around with the kids and you're outside or you go to a cafe and they're all feeding, they're breastfeeding and I'm pulling out a bottle. And, you know, you can't help but feel like I'm doing the wrong, like I'm doing the wrong thing. Well, this isn't right. Like, I sh- I'm a mom. I should be able to do this. And I couldn't, I mean, you don't, you can't always glue, But I could have that at eight weeks, my, like, my eldest was sleeping through that. But I was like, but it's probably because I'm bottle feeding him. And it just felt like it wasn't something I could celebrate. I look back on it now and go, mm, that was awesome. But
0: because he, he was sleeping through, one. you were ready to party. I'm kidding.
2: And it was so funny because I did have, So I had a sleep consultant. She was more for my support than my boys because they didn't need the sleep help. It was me. She was the one who was my sort of hero and champion, and I have to thank Vicky for that because she made me feel so much better about myself. And she was like, just don't push the fact that the kids are sleeping through the night, she said, because you'll have no friends by the end. (laughs)
0: That's very well said.
2: I was like, okay, I'll keep that to myself. That's fine. (laughs) That can be your win
1: if you you felt like you hadn't won on the feeding front. So there you go.
2: That was my shining moment that I couldn't really celebrate with anyone except for my immediate family because obviously they were like, well, that's great for you. But everyone else was like, yeah, I hate you. Please get out of our friend group.
0: Did your partner help bottle feed and share that work with you?
2: Yeah, he did. And you know what? It's something that now looking back on it, I go, why couldn't I just like, You know, you almost want to kick yourself. Why couldn't I just have enjoyed that time? Because I didn't feel that stress of I have to be home to feed. Or if I went out for an hour and then I was delayed, I was like, Oh my god, do I have to rush home? I wish I could have just gone back and be like, You can just step back for a moment. Let people enjoy the feeding time. So your time is also special. It's not like this burden that you always like have to feel like you're taking on. So yeah, my husband was amazing. He Would do the dream feed for the boys. Mason didn't really sort of like the dream feed, so we stopped that with him. But with Cooper, he was great. He would sort of do that 11 p.m. feed, and I could go to sleep. And then I had the day to sort of be with him and enjoy it. And it was the same with the grandparents. Like I look back on it now, being like, "You had it so good. You could have dropped him at the grandparents and sort of left for a couple of hours, and it wouldn't have mattered because, of course, he was going to get fed." But you know. When you're going through it and all the hormones and everything like that, you just feel like I should have been able to have done this. But it's definitely a positive to be able to hand over your bub and let them have some time with them. Did you find
1: that bottle feeding meant that the boys were in more of a routine easier because it
2: was a lot more, I guess, routine in how much they were getting? I was very thinking about their sleep and their routine and their feeding and and my if my mum was here she'd be like, You were annoying. Like, if they didn't sort of sleep the right number of hours I was supposed to sleep, I'd flip a lid. And you know, my dad would be like, they're not robots, like they're not supposed to, like, just because a book says they're supposed to sleep this long, doesn't mean they're gonna sleep this long, you know. But at least I knew in the back of my mind they were definitely getting enough food, so we could have we could always eliminate that as a what's going on. And occasionally it took a lot longer with Cooper obviously being the first time, sort of the firstborn, that we'd need to give him more. We need to up his feed. So it just took, I mean, that sort of side of things was always a, was a learning curve, like when to give him more. And obviously it would be like, oh, he's unsettled. What what's going on? And so then I'd think, okay, well, eliminate all the other problems. Maybe it's time to give him a bit more formula because he's getting bigger. So, you know, there's all these things that you kind of want to know about, but there's not a lot of education about it, about, you know, when to up sort of the feeds and, you know, it's got the measurements on the side of the tin, but it's a huge range. So it's more, should be more weight dependent than age dependent. and So you can get a bit lost and confused. So I was lucky that Cara, the lactation consultant that I had, kind of gave me that formula of their weight and how much they, and work out how much they needed. And I can't think of the formula off the top of my head, but that was a good sort of lesson to learn because sometimes you think, okay, they're formula fed, but how much should they be getting? I don't know. I think there's just there needs to be a bit more sort of help out there and education about formula feeding
1: totally and I think it's fantastic that you found a lactation consultant that obviously sounded extremely supportive because I know there can sometimes be and I'm sure this is generalized you know a stereotype that maybe sometimes lactation consultants can really push breastfeeding so that's incredible that you felt supported by her
2: yeah she was amazing because she said look she was very honest and said I was Formula fed, she said. I've been lucky; I've been able to breastfeed my kids, and obviously, she's been able to share her wisdom and obviously her training with so many other moms. And she said to me, "Like you can take supplements, and, and that might help, but she said if you want to solve this, which I did, I think I was just in such a a dark fog with Cooper being home that she said just top him up with formula, and he will be fine. And sure enough, he's five. And he's fine. Like, he really is fine. And
0: uh, there's a little secret that I don't know if everyone knows, but the feeling like a failure not being able to give the baby the best start in life when you can't, in quotation, breastfeed, if you're feeding your child, you're doing an incredible fucking job and that's all you need to be doing. Yeah. And I'm going to admit, the two older girls don't bottle feed, but half the time they eat wheat bix and baked beans. So, you know, once you get over the whole formula thing, then you start feeling guilty for not giving them veggies every night and doing this and doing that. There's always something that you're going to feel like, oh, should I be doing this or should I be doing that? But they're fine. They're totally fine.
2: I used to laugh when my husband would come home from work. He's like, what did you do today? I was like, I kept a child alive. What did you do today? It's a big it's a big effort to keep another human being alive well
1: yeah I put an end to that statement very quickly very early on in Poppy's life I said he because he didn't mean it in a negative way he was trying to show interest in what we'd done for the day but I said please don't make the first thing you say when you walk in the door what did you guys get up to today because it's probably like then you try and rack your brain and you go oh my gosh I felt like I've had such a full-on day but what have I done but you've probably cleaned up Three spews, seven poos. I mean, if you're bottle feeding, you're probably sterilizing. You're probably like, there's a lot that goes into it. But then when they ask that question, you just go, ah, uh, nothing.
2: <laughs> and that's the thing with bottle feeding. It's not like, yes, obviously as a term of giving them what they need, that's an easy alternative. But it's not like a snappy thing. It's it's not as easy as like oh okay I'll just you know if you're in Byron with you and not think about it or I don't think in Sydney it's such a big sort of thing. At least the friends that I go out with they they're not so shy. But yeah, you've got to think about sterilizing, boiling the water. You know, it, like there's always these added steps, so it's not just like a oh my god needs to feed quick do it like put it together
0: and that is one know, of the the. I guess, what people were conning with bottle feeding. There is a, there's such more of a process. It's not as convenient. You can't just whip out a, a boob that has the temperature of milk that you need and it's all done. You do have to have your formula. You have to have your, your boil water or your water at a certain temperature and have that all together. But I think once you've got your head around all of that and you have support and have people going, this is what I do, and you have more discussions about that, then you feel more comfortable going, that's okay. It's going to, what, take me an extra five minutes and the baby's going to let out a few cries. And that's what babies do. That's fine. Then it's going to be full.
2: Yeah. Although my mum, the first time, I mean, Cooper, I never warmed his bottle and my mum was horrified. She's just like, you're not going to warm the bottle for him? And I was like, well, it's not cold. It's not from the fridge. It's room temperature. And he did not care. He did not care. Like he did not spew. He finished every bottle. Like he was just like, give it to me and give it to me now. And the bonus of that was it meant I never had to heat up the bottles. With Mason, I don't know how we got onto it. I think because he was a bit refluxy. And so the anti-reflux formula was a bit thicker. And so it was helpful to have warm water. We warmed it up and I was Mm -hmm. like, that was such a mistake. <laughs> totally.
0: Have a cold. Have a frozen.
2: I had to buy a bottle warmer, I was like, "Oh, just another appliance that sits on the kitchen fence but I've heard that from other mothers where
1: they go if you can get away with it yeah just and your formula feeding just don't start warming it up it makes your life so much easier and I'd never even thought of that before because like you know both my girls from maybe six or so months old we've given them formula here and there you know like to fill them up before they go to sleep or if I'm not home you know like pumping just got too much of a mish on top of the rest of life and so we warmed it up I guess because the girls were used to breast milk but I've like that that is such a good tip for new mums out there if they are formula feeding if you can avoid getting your child used to warm milk what a savior
0: and also I had my sister-in-law because she's got a my nephew is six months younger than Yumi my littlest one and one day I was putting the formula in and I just put the tap on hot and she was about probably, what, eight months old. And I just started shaking it. And she's like, why aren't you boiling the water? Like, why are you, like, sterilised? And I go, she's eight months old. She's not six weeks old. She's fine with this. And that's all I do. I literally flick it on, chuck it in, shake it up and hand it to her and she's good to go.
2: Yeah. And, that, I mean, that was the thing. As a first-time mom. you know, I was always like, oh, my God, I've got to sterilise and I'm going to sterilise. And I think it was around that six to seven-month mark and Vicky was still coming during the day to help out with because Cooper was a shocking day sleeper. Formula, no formula, he just did not want to sleep during the day and was just such a pain to settle. So I was always happy that she had him for a few hours because I didn't feel guilty, whereas with the grandparents, I was like, oh, my God, they're going to have to settle him. and, And at one point she could see him playing on the floor I'm putting some of his toys in his mouth. And she's like, "You see that sterilizer on your bench? That can go now." He's putting things in his mouth from the floor. Like, "Let it go. It's okay." You know, wash the bottles, obviously. <laughs> but like leave this like, put the sterilizer away, which my husband was thrilled. He was like, "If I can get rid of an appliance, I will be the happiest thing." Totally. And I understand when they're fresh newborn, but
1: even like when when I would pump when my girls were younger and then give them a bottle. I was so confused why it had to be sterilised because I was like, my boobs are not sterile. Like they have been out in the world today, like getting all kinds of
0: things all over them, all kinds of hands. Sorry, Um, I'm not taking off my shirt to get sexy. I'm really hot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She's going to show us that her boobs aren't sterile. But it's I never like, really got the steriliser thing because I was like, I understand wanting it to be clean and not having like congealed three-week-old milk on it, but I never really got the steriliser thing. And then especially once they're on the move, I'm like, gosh, I don't even want to think about the things my girls have licked off the floor. Like I think Goldie was eating a flower yesterday, so like needing a steriliser is just not not an issue.
0: Yumi's eating dog poo. It's just
1: it is what
2: it is. Those <laughs> little things, like they really are.
1: They are. And any other tips for like getting your shit together when you need all the bits and bobs of
2: bottle feeding? I definitely think being prepped really helps. So obviously I would boil the water. I would do two kettles. So, I mean, I didn't have two kettles, but I would do two kettles worth. So one, I would pour the pre-made amount. So whether that was 50 mils or a hundred mils, depending on how old he was, I would prep like four or five bottles at the time, and then I would have another full jug of pre-boiled water sitting on the bench. So I at least had four bottles ready to go that I just had to add the formula to, and then I had the sort of sterilised water ready to go for when I needed to make more bottles. And so that way I didn't feel like every time I was like, oh, quick, got to boil the water and got to do this and got to do that you know, it's just, it's so good to have that sort of ready to go. And with Mason, something that we did because we were silly and he had warmed milk. We'd take the bottle warmer upstairs at nighttime. We had a split level apartment. So we'd have his morning bottle ready to go. That was pre-warmed for his enjoyment when he was ready to wake up in the morning. So I think just having that mindset of, redo your bottles at least four or five ahead of time and having it pre-portioned out in those little containers. So if you're not home, someone else is home with the baby, they don't have to think and look at the tin because you might be that in-between where it's like it's not two scoops, it's three and whatever. So you don't have that stress and no one else has the stress. It's much better.
0: And
1: what were your tips for getting out and about with the gadgets?
2: So, the if, if they need to have it warmed, which is so annoying, but I would, <laughs> so annoying. I would have it depending on how long you know you need it for the feed. So obviously you can't have it straight from the kettle because that's way too hot. But I would usually sort of fill it up with boiled water if I knew I sort of had a bit of time and put it in the insulated bags and take it out with me with and I would always have a backup bottle. That is actually a number one tip. Have a backup bottle because you never know what's gonna happen. You may drop it, you may spill out half the formula. So take at least one backup bottle and one backup formula measured out container because you just never know what's gonna happen on the road. You never know how long you're gonna be gone for. So there's no stress. So go out with two bottles, that is a tip. And then if you need it warmed, Fill it with the warm water before you leave. And if not, if you're at a cafe, ask for some boiling water and then you can put the bottle in the boiling water, like sort of like a double boiler, and then it'll warm it up and then you put the formula in and you're good to go.
1: My husband likes to think that he's a doula slash lactation consultant slash dad of the year. Anyway, he, whenever he takes Goldie out and has formula, he takes like one of those Yeti kind of thermos things that keep things hot for like... 12 hours or whatever because he's like he knows that it'll be at the exact temperature she likes for the entire day so whenever she wants it she can have it. And another thing that we find really handy now that it doesn't matter if it's sterilised or not because she's, you know, nearly 10 months old, eaten all kinds of things and she has a bottle we give her a bottle before she goes to bed we have a kettle that you can pick the temperature that it goes to so like we put it to around 50 degrees and so we know that if it's filled up with that that's like at the temperature she likes and we don't have to worry about being like oh add a bit of cold water oh add a bit of bo- oh add a bit. we just know that we can fill it with that and it's at a temperature we like so as much as we're not saying buy new appliances if from the start you happened to be buying a new kettle A kettle that you can pick the temperature is super duper handy.
0: Clever. That is handy. So there were other few questions that came in and because we're, well, one of us is a professional but we are here today to talk about our unprofessional advice from, you know, experiences. And because we have you here, we're just going to throw some out and see what we get back. One of them was how to deal with constipated baby from exclusively breastfeeding to formula feeding.
2: Yeah, that was that. Honestly, was something that that's why we definitely experimented more with Cooper than Mason. And you know, sometimes it can take a bit of adjusting and tweaking. You can always add like the infant's friend into the milk because you know, it's not the nicest taste. So you can put that in and that often helps. And then you've just got to, sometimes it takes like up to two weeks for their systems to just get used to it. So if you can see it happening, you can add, I remember Vicky telling me this, you can add a little bit of prune juice as well into their bottle and that helps as well, um, just not too much because then you're just going to be in for a really wild ride. Don't be don't be overly generous with the prune juice. You know, do the normal things like the massages and and that kind of thing. That always helps. But try not to chop and change formulas. Don't expect it to work in a day. Kind of give it at least a week just to see if their tummies and their systems are working with them. Yeah. Have you had any issues with constipated babies?
0: Yeah, so I mixed fed all my children at some point and then when I got to a comfortable position with my breasts, I ended up just breastfeeding because of convenience. But now Yumi has formula still and she's happy with that. But the one thing that I really liked when I had newborns was after feeding I would lay them on their backs and just in a clockwise motion as you were mentioning massage their stomach to get their all their bits moving and then my other one was if they were trying to poo and they were struggling a little bit and this was something like you know when people pop pimples or they pick scabs or Mm. they like doing certain things pushing their knees into their stomach while they're pushing it helps them release the poo and release what they need so if you keep on doing in and out motions like that soft or bike what did they say bicycle motion legs yeah. that can also help as well so that's a nice way
2: how did you pick a formula oh yeah this is tough with mason it was better in a way that he we found out sort of around 10 weeks that he was reflux and he went on meds and an anti-reflux formula that was like oh okay great don't have to think about it with coops we kind of chopped and changed a couple of times and we settled eventually on Bellamy's, uh, I think in our mind, we're like, it's organic, It's you know, feels better. But in saying that it is very protein rich, so not all bubs can sort of handle that heaviness. And I think that's the error we probably made with Mason is when I realized, okay, you know, we need to do this mixed feeding again, we straight away put him onto Bellamy's. And that was not great for his system. So Just be mindful that if you kind of think, oh yeah, I want to be, you know, go for the organic kind of way, it's very protein rich. So Mm, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, because I've used the
1: organic ones, but both girls have started around like six or so months. So I guess by that stage, they're obviously able to tolerate so much more. So Mm. I've never had any issues. But that's that's great to keep in mind for the younger bubs.
0: Oh, and I think one of the the big ones was how do you know what teat your baby likes a slow teat a fast teat fast flow slow flow yo flow no flow no flow (laughs)
2: no we decided to go for the pigeon wide neck we just tried it and that really worked for them I think I was lucky that pretty much from 10 days old they were exposed to a bottle so I think if you're thinking about it try getting earlier rather than later because they get used to it and You'll be able to figure it out. I think some babies do like that sort of faster flow with the narrower teeth, but you've just got to be careful because if it's a quite thin formula, it can come out really fast, and then obviously the, if there may be tendency towards a reflux baby, it can come back up again. There's always the on the packaging there are sort of sizes and then age numbers, I guess, like in terms of like a zero to three months and whatever, you'll know when to size up because if they're sucking on it and it goes flat, then the flow is too slow for them. So you need to up the size of the teeth. And sometimes you can actually just poke a bit of like a hole, like just to make bigger. If the next size up is way too fast for them and they're gagging, you'll know straight away. They've got a good gag reflex. So that's always a
0: sort of a win so does Sophie
1: (laughs) mine's actually much stronger than a newborn thank you very much I'm
0: sure it is (laughs)
1: like how do you come back from that conversation
0: you don't you don't I think
1: the take-home message though with teats and with bottles is that every baby is so individual and we popped on Instagram a question box about what bottles had worked for everyone's babies and you know like basically every brand was sent in and I think it is because you know, every baby likes something different. And Mm. I came across this company called Best Baby Bottle Box, and you can actually buy a box from them. And it comes with five different types of bottles. And I thought that was a good idea because you can kind of have five there to try rather than buying, you know, four of one type and that not working and you having to waste them or whatever. But it can be a bit of trial and error. But then some like, like my babies have Taken any bottle. So I guess it just depends. Who and I is. also
0: think you have to give them time and understand like, if you've gone from the breast, they've just learnt how to breastfeed. It is completely different. It's a different suction. It's a different way to feed with different teats. I know that there's a lot of teats like Medella, they have a supportive one where it's more of a breastfeeding friendly teat. So they can, you know, suck it down. It's a nice transition into bottle feeding. But someone said that if they don't drink formula when I first give it to them, should I worry? Well, in my personal experience, it's like trying something for the first time, the first time I tried wine. And of course, I'm going to give alcohol the example, but I didn't like it. And then I tried it again. And then I was like, let me guess,
1: you like it now. No, wait, wait, wait.
0: (laughs) And then after a few goes, I was like, hey, I really, really like this. So it's persistence.
2: As a mum, if you don't like the taste of alcohol, you're like, I need it anyway, I just don't care. Like I'm just gonna have (laughs) anything.
0: Exactly. And hey, that's a major pro
1: of bottle feeding is that you don't even have to worry about
0: that. You can bottle feed and the baby can bottle feed too. That's right.
2: Everyone wins. Everyone wins. But yeah, I think Try not to expect the first feed if it's, you know, you've been breastfeeding for a couple of months and then you've decided to either mix feed or you want to go exclusively to formula. Don't expect the first one to be the success because you'll end up just feeling even worse and then it adds more stress. And sometimes it's actually beneficial as a mum to not be the one to bottle feed because if, especially if you are breastfeeding, then all of a sudden you, you want to reel back. They're going to be like, hang on a minute, what happened to the boobs? Like, where did they go? I can still smell the milk. What's like, what's up, mum? Often let somebody else give them the bottle because then they're like not as expectant of breastfeeding. It's, you know, it's something different. Totally.
0: Well, Jordana, you have been a breath of fresh air, I think. And thank you so much for everything you have said today I'm sure it's going to help a lot of women and we appreciate you being so open and honest about your journey with bottle feeding and no matter how you fed those
1: two little boys they're very lucky to have you as their mum bottle or breast they yeah they have a beautiful mama so
2: oh, I'll say. I'll be telling them that when I pick them up from school later. be like do you understand how lucky you are <laughs> that's what I say too do you know how good I am?
1: But thank you so, so much. Honestly, such a beautiful chat and we hope that everyone listening, if you've been feeling any negative feels about not being able to breastfeed or not wanting to breastfeed, which is also an important reason, you're not alone. You shouldn't feel guilty but we understand why you do because society makes you feel that way but yeah for so many women out there it's really a a turning point in being able to really enjoy their baby rather than resent them so we hope this helps
0: and please check out our new support group on our beyond the bump page on facebook it is purely and privately for the support of bottle feeding and mix feeding mummers to talk chat and gain some friends Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. If you didn't, good on ya.
1: You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.